I'm tired of making assumptions because, you know, assumptions normally make a out of you and me. Well, we're asking all the questions we've always wanted to ask a white person today on True Comedy. Hello, everyone. I'm Kirsten Cunningham. And I'm Nicholas Finch. And today on True Comedy, we're going to take a thing we saw on social media where basically um, white people are giving black people a pass to ask them any questions they have about almost anything. But before we dive head first into that, we want to thank everyone for liking, subscribing, sharing, and listening and telling everybody and their mother about us. Absolutely. Thank you for um, subscribing to us on all our pro- platforms. We're talking uh, Google Podcasts. Our words hard Spotify, today, you know... Uh, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, of course, Apple Podcasts. Uh, yeah, yeah, words were a little hard for a second there. You know, I'm trying to run technical things too. So I know, yeah. <laughs> I know. But hey, we have someone that we're gonna inter- interrogate and make them answer all the questions on their race. Um, Want to welcome to the sh- show a friend of the show, Shaw. Hi, I just hi everyone. <laughs> Shaw, I want you to know that uh, as he was introducing you, <laughs> he was waving to you like you were sitting right beside him. So I look at him like, <laughs> what the hell am I doing? What the heck is he waving at? And I also almost knocked a mic. <laughs> off smooth, in- off, <laughs> smooth off the stand. Knock the mic smooth Ooh, off. Okay, this is going to be a fun one. But Shaw, before we get started, are you indeed Caucasian? Do you identify as Caucasian? Uh, Yes, there is. Nothing else that I can really identify as. Okay. My knowledge, my lineage is British and either Irish or Scottish. So, yeah, I'm about as white as you can possibly find. Okay, so you're like lily white flower. There we go. Turns out we got the whitest of whites. Yes, and you live in North Alabama with lots of Caucasian people. So this makes it even better. We got one, Kirsten. We got one. Yes. (laughs) So you have no issues answering questions on behalf of your race. Yeah. You do realize you're answering questions on behalf of like millions of white people, correct? Yeah. I will try to, you know, cater my views to try to include all white people, but yeah, I'll do my best. Okay. But we do want your opinion on some of these stupid, ridiculous questions. Now I do want to point out where all these questions are coming from. Yes. There's some of mine and Nick's creations. But also, there was a study done a couple years ago where this um, group posted on social media that said, hey, um, black people, what's any question you ever want to ask white people? Now, before we seem incredibly too racist, there will be another episode where we'll have other people ask us questions on behalf of all of black world, black Twitter, okay? (laughs) Some of these questions may have come from um, the Twitter account, Things White People Like. It's quite hilarious. I like to state for the record, I'm only only gonna answer questions on behalf of Native Americans and and part of white and partially white people. Okay, well, my um, great grandfather was white. I know I don't look it, but it was. He Boy, was. he must. Yeah, okay, <laughs> he was. I got a picture. He wasn't. He wasn't no white. <laughs> well, actually, not great grandfather. Great great grandfather. That's Sorry. not far enough. No, it was great great grandfather. You haven't met my dad's side of the family. All of them yellow, like your complexion. <laughs> okay, but. Well, they, it skipped a generation because your whole family dark. Y'all must have, y'all was outside. Y'all was really sl- field slaves because y'all 
It's dark. So I don't I ain't trying to hear that. You can't talk about me like this. This is my show. Shaw, your first question. Are you ready, sir? Indeed, indeed. I am. Okay, so speak speaking of family, my question is, why don't y'all why don't we ever hear y'all talk about your cousins? <laughs> like you'll talk about your auntie, you'll talk about um Nana, you'll talk about pa- uh pop pop or whatever you call your 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 granddaddy, but never your cousins. What's what's the beef with the cousins, man? <laughs> It's so funny because as you ask that, I'm like, yeah, we tend not to to talk about our cousins. Um, One possible reason that I would think we do that is the families, they get so big and spread out and you're just really only concerned with your immediate family at the time. Um, Also, cousins can have some very uh, different interests for example, are y'all kissing cousins? Guys, do what? Are y'all like kissing cousins? Some road tie cousins. <laughs> no. Um, though, interestingly enough, I believe that there are some people in my family that have uh, partaken in that, shall we say. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Neat. Yeah. Oh, there's much to unpack here. But on my <laughs> father's side, I have cousins who are career farmers. Um, mm-hmm. Live out in Blunt County, and that's all that they do. And I don't really want to ask them about farming techniques. So, yeah, I just kind of don't get in touch with them. So, like, do white people have family reunions? Are those a thing? Or is that just a black people thing where we want a T-shirt? You know, somebody calls a fight in a park somewhere. <laughs> um, to my knowledge, a lot of white people, um, especially in the South, have fam- family reunions. Um, my family reunion is held on uh, a cemetery we first gather on top of our dead relative's grave (laughs) and then we go and eat and then hang out after that so i think it's a bit different than african family (laughs) y'all can't see nick's face i think nick is broken y'all can he's he needs to be rebooted. Excuse me? Did you, just, <laughs> did you just say, did you just say out of your mouth, sir, that y'all gather on top of your ancestors' graves? <laughs> yes. You, what? The hangout spot from, I mean, from the day I went to our family reunion, that's where we all first met up. And, you know, I used to play on the tombstones of my deceased ancestors. <sighs> And, you know, people would tell me, hey, don't do that. But, you know, you're a kid. You don't really understand what that is. But, yes, yes. Held at a cemetery near Jacksonville, Alabama. Okay, then. Uh, What's up? I like it. I like it. (laughs) I I mean, I would never do it, but I like it. So, hey, do y'all family reunions have T-shirts? Do we what? Do you have um, family reunion T-shirts? Like, do you have to pay a fee? For, you know, to take care of food, T-shirts, all that kind of stuff. How does this work? Like, like how, how does that work? Because ours are always fights. Work? Yeah. Um, I've never seen a white family have T-shirts for family reunions. Noted. Uh, we ain't paying for those. Sorry, we're trying to get, like, Trump-style credit, okay? We ain't paying for no family reunion T-shirts. T-shirts are out. Cross that yeah. off the list. Um, why do y'all put raisins in everything? <laughs> um, no one in my family really puts raisins in things. Good. Uh, I imagine 
that a lot of families would do it maybe just to say that some food's healthier when it's really not, but yeah. Okay. Well, you know, speaking of food. Yeah, go ahead. Ask your question. Yeah, speaking of food, I, I just want to know, uh, like, so I've, I've heard this before. I don't know if I know if I've heard you say it, but like, why do y'all treat macaroni and cheese like it's a main course? Like, you supposed, you're supposed to be having it as a side. Why y'all be like, I'm having macaroni and cheese. <laughs> well, what? And, <laughs> what? No, just mac and cheese. What, what's up with that, dude? Well, uh, I suppose you could just have mac and cheese as a main dish. No, you can't. That's the point. It's a side dish. We we asking why are y'all having it as a main dish? Like, you know, you've seen Home Alone. And right before crap hits the fan, Macaulay Culkin sits down to a nice, nutritious dish of macaroni and cheese as his dinner. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, I wouldn't recommend that you only eat mac and cheese. <laughs> but... I mean, it does have all the, I mean, it has a lot of carbs, I suppose. We're carbo-loading. Carbs? Yeah. That must but, be another white invention. <laughs> Nick, shut up. Well, I think that we should really talk about how white people make mac and cheese bland. I mean, oh, my God, yes. should have a good amount of cheese in it, and I see a lot of white families that tend to make it subpar, shall we say. So... What's the best mac and cheese? Like, what do you feel needs to be in some good macaroni and cheese? Oh, gosh. It, for me, as, uh, as long as you have noodles and a good amount of cheese, mm-hmm. there, not too much cheese to where you know it's taking years off of your life, but just enough to get <laughs> that good cheesy feel. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in the middle, I think that's the best. Okay. I want enough cheese where I move after I'm done <laughs> oh, with the mac God. and cheese. That that's a problem. I'm, I'm just playing. That that's that's actually a problem. Okay, so we're gonna get. I just have a couple more things about food. What was a pinch of salt supposed to do? <laughs> like I cook, I read recipes. It says a pinch of salt. What the hell are you supposed to do with a pinch of salt? A pinch of salt. Yes. Like, as are the only seasonings people of Caucasian descent use are just salt and pepper. And maybe some garlic or onion powder. Um, again, it's my family uses a lot of spices. Um, but I knew you were a good one. You were one of the good ones. Well, I did. I had four years in Montgomery, so I was a little bit. I'm a little bit more cultured than most, shall we say? Hence the reason you're on the show. I do have a theory about why. Okay. What people don't tend to like spices? Well. Considering that all of humanity started in East Africa and then, you know, over time people <laughs> moved towards the north, I imagine that in the north it's harder to grow spices. Mm-hmm. Had mm. become accustomed to eating uh, just bland food and just, you know, over thousands of years their bodies got used to it. And now when it's introduced to spices, they can't handle it. Mm. theory there. Because the mayonnaise is definitely too spicy. Uh-huh. That's why they think Tabasco is is, is, uh, is spicy. Tabasco is just nasty. Okay, but that's why they think it's spicy. You you know, um, Shaw, you know BJ. Um, she informed me, and BJ's been on a uh, previous show, everybody, the um, Lies Parents Tale. She decided to inform me that she was cooking some red beans and rice tonight, and the only seasoning she was using was salt, pepper, and onion powder. She said that's the white people trifecta. That's the, per- that's the appropriate response. Yeah. <laughs> 
just just nothing. Mm. So I got a question, uh, Shaw. Yeah. Um. So, do you all realize how uncomfortable Crackle Barrel feels? <laughs> like how uncomfortable what feels? Cracker Crackle Barrel. Barrel, like the restaurant. <laughs> you do realize, like when we walk in there, it just we feel like okay, we're gonna eat good, but we're also gonna get lynched. So, do, do y'all know that it feels like that? Uh, um, no, I I didn't realize that it uh, that it made you guys feel that way. Does it not make you all feel uncomfortable? I don't feel uncomfortable when I go into a Cracker Barrel. No, though I don't go into many Cracker Barrels. Um, I imagine it's also a bit more uncomfortable because it's a bunch of old white people in Cracker Barrel usually. Well, I can see that, but the name itself. Cracker Barrel, it just, to me, just sounds like a place I'm not welcome. It's a barrel full of, you know, saltines or other racial epithets, you know? Yeah, I've, I've questioned their decor many times in Cracker Barrels, but... I, 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 go ahead, I'm sorry. No, it's the, no, I don't know. I don't know why they do that. I was going to say, they definitely make it feel like the good old times. It, like the times where I wasn't supposed to be in there eating with them. <laughs> or you were supposed to be in the back fixing the food, right. but not touching the plate to put it on the, yeah. Anything but actually eating in the Cracker Barrel. Woo. <laughs> 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 Go ahead, Kurt. Um, who? <laughs> As a Kurt. So, you're a very competitive person. You're a collegiate athlete. I was. You said that like a question mark. Like, I was. No, you were. I was a long, long time ago. (laughs) But why do white people normally riot when their sports teams lose? I I don't get that. Like, if Alabama loses the um, Iron Bowl, heads are going to roll. Like I I just don't understand the riots. Well, for the Iron Bowl, um, I've compared this to why soccer is so big in third world countries. When people come from a uh, more rural background, they tend to gravitate towards things like that because real life is, for lack of a better term, kind of boring. Mm -hmm. And so they rally around things like that because it makes them feel like they're part of a, a certain tribe and all this. It's very difficult for, I mean, a lot of different races, races, in the uh, in the United States, can talk about you know there, like you have black pride, Asian pride, all this. But as soon as you throw white pride out there, it's no, no, can't. You're getting into like some uh, we can't do that. Things there, so they tend to gravitate gravitate towards other things like sport things, and that is what they choose to rally behind. So you know, you bring up an interesting point, Charlie. Rallies? You bring up another question that I have to ask. <laughs> okay. Okay. Why? Why do y'all have Civil War reenactments, man? You talking about white power and the South Horizon again, gravitate towards something. Why y'all keep reenacting the Civil War? That thing over. It's over. And it didn't end favorably for y'all. Trust me. I know, and I don't. I kind of understand it, but then at the same time, I don't. Because, yeah, we, we lost pretty decisively in that. Now, when you say we, <laughs> do you mean well, 
Do you mean white people or southern white people or like who do you mean by we? I guess southern white people. Okay, okay. Uh, we just want to make that clear. I, I I didn't want you to paint paint you on, as the side of, of on the side of you know slavery. That Mr. That's not, Andrew Jackson. That's not a good. That's not a good side to paint you on, Mr. Shaw. Here's my coworker, Mr. Andrew Jackson, y'all. Yeah, we lost that. These black folks asking me questions. They ought to be in the field right now. Oh, my God. Shot in. I own no Confederate flag. I'm not a white nationalist. Anything? No. I'm pretty sure I saw you on some Charlottesville footage, you know, with the Tiki Torch. Or is that just someone else with a similar haircut? A man bun? If you saw a man bun, <laughs> that, that would be something. But no. no, that was certainly not. It was a joke. Hey, seriously, though, if you saw somebody at a rally with a man bun, you cut your hair? What? If you saw somebody with a man bun at a, at a, at a, at a, at a, a rally like that. Or a Trump rally. Yeah. <laughs> would, would you cut your hair? No. <laughs> I would. But I'd rock a new hairstyle in a heartbeat. Could tell me nothing. Well, I have a really out of left field question, okay? This, I don't know why this has been circulating on the internet for white people, because I don't think actually anyone knows the answer to. But on the show House Hunters, how the hell are you guys getting approved for million-dollar home loans with jobs like butterfly refugee caseworker and part-time heirloom tomato therapist? Hmm. Based off of those job titles, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't seem like they should get it. I imagine that the TV show says, hey, look, it's a halfway decent-looking white person. Let's put them on this show to give people something to look at. <laughs> and they just, you know, give them a job title and just say, let's, let's go on with it. That's about white. I mean, right? Hey, my name's <laughs> Kevin. I count pennies. And I'm Jessica. And I like to look at stars. <laughs> we have a, we have a, a budget of $1.4 million. Shoot, my name's Kirsten. I was born a slave, and I can't afford a tent in your neighborhood. My name Nicholas. I was born middle class, and I still can't afford this crap. <laughs> and my name's Shaw. I bought my house, and it goes with me places. Yeah, you take your I'm house smart. with you. Because I'm smart. I love it. The RV is pretty awesome. You know who ain't living in RVs? <laughs> Black women. Well, you know, it depends on if you call a trailer an RV. <laughs> if that's the case, I got a big RV I'm living in right now. <laughs> oh, this went south kind of fast. Oh, well, yeah, okay. Let's yeah. reenactment. Reenact it when we lose. Hush. Okay, I got to find me a question. Oh, okay, here's one. This strikes me personally. Why do white people... Let their dogs kiss them in the mouth. Um. Uh-uh. Why? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen you let Dexter kiss you in the mouth, y'all. Like, just tongue you down. Uh, no. I, I don't make a habit of letting dogs kiss me in the mouth because, you know, they're, they're dogs' mouths. They have tons of germs and all that. However, um, if a dog does lick you in the mouth, that is... Uh, them showing that that's the most trust that they can put in you. So I don't know. It might have something to do with that, but I don't. I don't get it. I don't let dogs lick on me. They've been licking every orifice on their body. <laughs> not let them lick my face. Let me state for the record: okay. if a dog needs to lick me in my face to trust me, 
I hope it never trusts me. <laughs> I wanted to be on edge at all times. <laughs> Are you sure that's my food you putting down or not poison? I need to know. <laughs> oh, is that my bone or yours? <laughs> real, real random question. Um, what is it like being able to talk crap to a police officer and not worry about getting shot? Hmm. Let's see. Cause I, I I think I know personally you don't trust you don't trust twelve I know this <laughs> for riding in the vehicle with you but you do have that little thing that little bit of privilege that it's a little bit of like built in Kevlar that just makes you bulletproof yeah and that's exactly I mean you said it right I mean it's just a bit of privilege that if you look at the history of you know violence racism in the United States <laughs> we're only uh, you know, 50 years yep. away from from pretty bad stuff. And so as it is now, it's just how history goes. History doesn't happen instantaneously. It changes little by little over time. Um, but, yeah, it's just that leftover privilege. And, yes, I um, inherently don't trust police officers uh, simply because I don't know the individual. And I've, I've known very good cops in my day and I've known very bad ones so just as a general rule I like to keep them at arm's length Mm -hmm. okay I can't relate to y'all struggle on this one because it just depends on where in Alabama I am like if I'm on this side Alabama like somewhere on 43 from like Greene County to Clark County I'm I'm pretty good like you know because your dad's the law Nick or was the law it is the law so you know I'm good you know I, I can't relate to this struggle I'm like hey Finch. Uh, oh, yeah, I know your dad. That's right. Now, let me go for I tell him. <laughs> Give us us free. Give us us free. <laughs> Sorry, Pop. You know, I, I use your name to get out of stuff. I hadn't told you. I've gotten out at least two or three with Finch alone. Must be nice. It is nice. So, Keith wrote in, um, Keith M. wants to know, why didn't y'all tell us asparagus makes your peace stink? He thought he had an STD until his white friend told him it was the veggie. <laughs> oh, that is, that's very unfortunate. Um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't realize that asparagus was like a white, white only knowledge. Uh, <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'm sorry. I'm sorry you didn't know. But I guess there are worse problems to have than just smelly pee. So. It sounds to me that you've been eating asparagus all your life and then had stank pee and didn't realize that everybody pee don't stink like yours. Yeah. No, as, as soon as I had asparagus and went to the bathroom, I was like, oh, yeah, it was, it was the asparagus. <laughs> See, he just knew that, one, he didn't have an yeah, STD. I've been, and it was I've just been eating all this other food in my life and it hadn't done that. And then I had some asparagus. And it has, you know, that asparagus smell. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. Hmm. Okay. I ain't never had asparagus in my life. I wouldn't know what it would smell. <laughs> it's delicious. I it, highly it, recommend it. It and is. good for you. It is. It's delicious and good for me? Yeah. It's like, nah, I'll pass. Pass. <laughs> no. Hard pass. Nick don't eat all the vegetables. <laughs> or, or 70% of them. Hey, you know what? Speaking of going to the bathroom. Oh, Lord. Uh, why come when y'all take a shower, 
Oh God! How come y'all don't use washcloths, man? How come y'all only got one towel? What's up with that? <laughs> I, I went. A... I went to a White House one time, not the White House, but the White House. <laughs> and um, somebody was like, "They only gave me one towel." I'm like, "Oh, no, you ain't you gonna give me another one?" Like, this is all we use here. I have a roommate story back in college. After Shaw answers this question, and I hope my roommate listening. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, most, I mean, when I've showered at places, normally I just get one towel and maybe a washcloth, maybe just one. But um, yeah. So, see, so, so you just like take the soap and rub it on your body. What? What do we? Are you using loofah? I just personally, I just use my hands, but that's just me. Um, and we wondering why the corona everywhere. <laughs> The only thing I can really think of logically is that they're trying to cut down on the amount of laundry that they do, but even that's not really a good excuse. So perhaps that family that you went to, Nick, was just, I don't know, an interesting family. So what you tell, but what, so you got some that do and some that don't. You over here talking about you use your hands? You ain't, you, your hands was dirty. But not when you put soap on them. It's just they're just less dirty. It's still dirty. Well, I suppose less dirty is still you know you were a bit less dirty than you previously had it. So. Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, so did everybody <laughs> once have again we've broken? So did everybody had their own bar of soap? Like, how does that work? Um, oh, that's, a, that's very interesting. Uh, to my knowledge, uh, most white families, uh, they don't. In the shower, they might have two or three bars of soap. But no, um, to my knowledge, most families share the same bar of soap, and it's pretty disgusting. But oh, God. <laughs> it's what I've heard. It's okay. Of- <laughs> Nick is vehemently shaking his head in disbelief. <laughs> this is going on. <laughs> It's, 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 it does not make much sense, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> Nick, it's okay. Ooh, just tell your story, Curse. We got, we got, move on. We got. I, th- I think, I think we'll just transition past my story. Um, so what does the fake smile mean when you walk past a black person to make eye contact? <laughs> <laughs> now you're gonna have to transition back to before you went to school in Montgomery. Okay. With all of us. Fake smile, uh, a classic uh, white trait, shall we say. It's a very, very slight. (laughs) Wait, did I teach that to you like at age five? This is your crayons. This is your coloring book. This is the fake white smile you get when you see a black kid. (laughs) (laughs) I was not taught that, uh, but it's just. You also went to public school and saw all different types of people. Yeah, I get. I suppose it's just a smile of acknowledgement. Like mm-hmm. I, I acknowledge that your presence is there, but I don't really <laughs> want. I, I don't really want to have a conversation with you. That's normally the reason that I give that smile out. Typically, mm-hmm. any, it's like, oh, I acknowledge that you're there, but that that's it. I just acknowledge you. I don't really want to go any further in okay. the conversation. I'm not going to lie. I picked that trade up from my white friends. I just smile at people and smile and nod and keep it moving. Did we even let Shaw answer the question? Yeah. Did he? Okay. Yeah, he was like, he does. It's he, innate. We were born. He was way. like, it's polite. 
I want to acknowledge the dark people with just a nod and a hint and a smile, but he does it to everybody. Okay. So it's not like, please don't rob me, Mr. Brown Man. No. I, okay. I come from the position that, I mean, if I'm going to be robbed and there's, like, no weapons shown, like, I can probably outrun this person. Or if I don't have the option to run, I can talk my way out of the situation. Mm-hmm. I have done it many times with white people on drugs, so... <laughs> I feel that I can use it in any situation. Okay. I like his confidence to to think he can outrun the Negro. Yes, I like it. <clears throat> he ran competitively and did outrun the Negro. That's okay. If I have a head start, a sprint, it might be it might be closer. However, distant. Uh, yeah, if I get a pace on someone, they then most likely will not catch. Them. Let me say this. Let me say this. You can outrun me. <laughs> you can outrun Kirsten. But what you ain't going to do... Outrun a crackhead. Outrun a crackhead. <laughs> you ain't going to do it. I don't care how fast you think he is. You ain't outrunning no crackhead. Black or white. That would, that would be a situation where I would try to befriend the crackhead. Because <laughs> I, can, I can speak inebriated level. <laughs> they have no idea what's going on. And so anything you tell them, they... Either you know, either side, and I'm pretty good at convincing people to see my side of things. So, Shaw, yes, hey, Shaw, let me get this straight. You, as a recruiter, <laughs> are good at convincing things to do, as good at convincing people to do things that might not be so great. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, Shaw, the crackhead whisperer. Excuse me, excuse me, Mr. Crackhead. Please do not rob me. For you see, I was once you. Down on my luck, back against the wind. No way to make it. Trying to win. And if you just fill out this contact card, I can send you all the information about making a better life for yourself. (laughs) Let me give an example of of how the... Oh, I love story time. I went uh, on a long-distance swim on a pier in Gunnersville, and I was met with a gentleman who appeared pretty intoxicated and he was with his daughter within 30 seconds of meeting this man he uh-huh. showed me he had a pair of brass knuckles which are illegal come to find out mm-hmm. and he said he was protecting his daughter all this stuff anyways i go for my slum i come back my phone and gift cards have been stolen and the only man that was there was the man i talked to so i track him down i showed up at his house not the most, not the best idea. In the yeah, world. that was very white of you. Mm-hmm. But, but the so I confront this gentleman at his trailer, <laughs> and he is making a fire with his wife, I'm assuming, out of pine straw and cardboard. Oh, they live in the best life. Yes, and I got out, confronted this man. I'm a master of calm confrontation. Mm-hmm. He was expecting me to get out and just be yelling and screaming and all this. But I got out and was very calm with him and say, excuse me, Sarah, I know that you have my phone. I tracked it here. Why don't you just go ahead and bring that out? By the way, I had a knife on me. I wasn't just going in, you know, totally. Okay, so you were strapped. Yeah. He was also bringing a knife to a probable gunfight. But continue. Yeah, that was, I considered that, but, yeah. But, um. Anyway, I remained as calm as possible, and 
yeah, he went and got my my phone and brought it back to me. So if I can convince him to do that. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, Shaw, the crackhead whisperer. <laughs> Thank you for joining us <laughs> on this next episode of Shaw Convinces a Crackhead to do something. I like it. We need a good crackhead whisperer on our team. Right. Can you whisper to black crackheads? Tyrone Biggins. <laughs> I would love to actually talk to Tyrone Biggins if, if that situation ever came up, but I don't think it would. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've never really had the opportunity to talk to an African-American crackhead before. Um, I'm sure it'd be an interesting conversation, at least, but... Yeah, never had that experience. Thankfully, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't say I haven't. Um, I had a crackhead try to sell me a stolen watch while holding a half a brick outside, like an actual brick outside of the Church's Chicken in Selma, Alabama. I learned to never stop at the Church's Chicken in Selma, Alabama when the other crackhead across the street chased him down on a bicycle and started fighting him. Very specific. Yes, the life of a recruiter. Isn't yeah. interesting? Yes, it is. You know, he brought up churches. Kirsten brought up churches. So my question to you is, how come, um, how do y'all get out of church so fast, and can y'all teach my pastor how to break up the church service at noon as opposed to one thirty? Um, I've seen a lot of different comedy specials that attribute that to uh, sports being on. And and white churches want to get back to watch NFL football. Um, I don't, I don't really know if a, if a white pastor could convince a black pastor to, uh, to do that. Because then you're getting into, you know, well, it's, it's a bunch of religion and all of that. And people, have polar as polarizing views on religion as they do politics. Mm-hmm. It would be very difficult. It would be very difficult to convince. Sean, I respect that answer, but I know why. I know what the problem is. Curse. How many songs do y'all sing? <laughs> no, how many songs do y'all sing in a normal, regular One, two, day? Three, four, five. See, I'll, this where this where the issue is, Shaw. How many songs do y'all sing during church? Oh, it's, it's been a while since I've been to the main church that I went to growing up, but I want to say that, yeah, it was maybe four or five as well. Four or five? It ain't the songs? How no, many? it ain't the songs. Wait a minute. Hold on. It ain't the songs. How long do you sing the songs? <laughs> I mean, it ain't like a sample, Nick. It's they sing the full song, all the verses. Yeah. Just... I'll have to ask this. How long does the preacher at African-American churches, how long does he preach? At least 45 minutes. Yeah, it's about, it's about 40 minutes, 45, 45 minutes. minutes. That's that. what it is. Uh, from my church, the preacher normally gets 15 to 20 minutes. Oh. Yeah, and if they go over that, people start getting testy. So mm. <laughs> that would be fine. Man, at that point, he just getting warmed up. <laughs> no, he, he should have pre-gamed a sermon in the, bro, he, <laughs> in the car. Yeah, he get 10, 15 minutes, he getting into it, and it's like, all right, now he finna take it home. But no, this is when he actually preaching, 
And then he spends five more minutes restating. Re, yeah, restating everything he says. And then he opens the doors of the church. And sometimes when you open the doors of a church, that can last five to ten minutes. Now, you know what open the doors of the church mean, right? No, I have no Okay, so that's when you get the <laughs> opportunity to come up and either join the church or get prayed for. But the doors of the church are not open. So they put they put chairs up front and have you come up there in front of God and everybody to, to sit in the chair and say, y'all pray for me. So you get to go leave church and you get to start gossiping. I wonder why so-and-so went up and sat in that seat. <laughs> I, heard he got, I heard he got arrested the other day. I wonder that's why he was at the, mm. so you got to sit there and get ridiculed. <laughs> Meanwhile, the pastor is laying hands on you and praying, and that takes up another 20 minutes, and you finally get out, and it's like 145. Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, white churches do have that. Um, I forget exactly what they call it, but yeah, again, that lasts five minutes, 10 minutes at the most. If you're getting up to upwards of 10 minutes, people are, they might just start leaving, quite honestly. I think that's what, um, white people just don't care. Like, that's I'm going to get up and leave. If you're taking too long, you done seen me check my watch. You done seen me point at the clock on the wall. I'm leaving. If this lasts longer than end game, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, as long as they're able to say a couple prayers, give their tithe to white people, I imagine that's like, all right, I've, I've done what I need to do. I met my requirements for the week. Let's do it again next week. Mm. Um, so how does one skedaddle? I've always wondered that. Skedaddle? <laughs> skedaddle. I've heard white people say, let's skedaddle. What is that, and how does one do it? <laughs> um, Are, I'm just wondering. What's a skedaddle? Where do you buy one? How much does it cost? How much does it cost? Will it help my credit score? Uh, it, it will not. Uh, it will not help your credit score. It is, it is just an action. I guess mm. it's just a, you know, a, a fun way to tell everyone, hey, let's leave. Like, instead of just saying it so bluntly, like, I would say that, like, hey, let's just leave everyone. Right. But, you know, some people, oh, let's just, let's, let's get out, old guys. So I guess it's, supposed, it's just a nicer way to say, hey, let's leave without being as brutally honest as possible. Man, okay. I'm going to use that one day. Hey, guys, let's skedaddle. They're going to look at me like I'm crazy. Excuse me. Why'd you, you just cuss at me? <laughs> what you call my mama? I called her skedaddle. What you going to do about it? As soon as I figure out what you're saying to me, it's on. That also sounds like a, like, a phrase from the like 1950s of like that. I I guess I'm putting this in air quotes. This idyllic like middle class white America. Uh-huh. Like leave it to Boy Beaver. Playing, yeah, Johnny Boy playing stick ball on the. <laughs> on the Johnny, we gotta skedaddle. We gotta we gotta go and see whatever. We gotta mm-hmm. go to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> And then we're going to go to Target. It's not Target. It's Target. Because white people love calling Target Target. Sorry. Uh, yes. I, my mother and father both do that. So, yeah. I hit the nail right on the head. <laughs> I'm going to ask this one question because I think it's a very important question. Kurt's going to ask another if you want to. No, I think my, I know which one you're My question is, why do y'all get so hyped 
whenever that song Sweet Caroline or Bohemian, or Bohemian Rhapsody come on. Like, why y'all get so hyped for these white songs? Do those songs not get you hyped? <laughs> Are you asking me, a Negro man, if I get hyped to Sweet Caroline? Well, uh, sometimes. When sometimes. Main cor- when that main chorus hits and Bruce Springsteen says, Sweet Caroline, do you yell out, bump, bump, bump? You know what? I do it because I fear for my life if I don't. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I, let me tell you something. It's the God honest truth. I'll go, Sweet Caroline, and I'll look around, and, and my head goes on every bump. Like, bump, bump, bump. Looking around to see if everybody looking at me do it. And every time somebody is staring me right in my face, you better be bump, bump, bump. I remember the first time I had my Sweet Caroline experience. It was at uh, the University of West Alabama at a DJ function. And they were playing this song. And I, I, I'm going to be completely honest, never really heard it before. And I hear everybody yell, bump, bump, bump. And I'm like, it's time to go. What are the white people doing? Mama, um, I made a mistake. This is not where I wanted to go to school. Please take me home. And then I realized it's just a normal thing. Man, the first time I went to an Alabama game and they played Sweet Home Alabama and that crowd went, roll, tight, roll. I'm like, what? Oh, that's what a lynching. What, what just happened? Oh, my God. Am I, am I about to get hurt? Am I about to get hurt? Oh, oh what's another one? Um, Dixieland Delight. Dixieland Delight. Spend my dollar. Oh, beer. Oh, my God. What is this? What? How do you even know that? Like, how do you know Dixieland Delight? When did you learn that? Five? Uh, I would say sometime in high school. Uh, I had a friend who was, even in high school, he was already starting to get into the frat life of Alabama and, like, Alabama University. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it from him. I'm kind of of a similar similar situation as you guys. I, I didn't grow up with those songs. I went to a sporting event, and I heard everyone do it. And I was like, I, I guess this is what they do for these songs. <laughs> And then it's stuck and it got you lit. You you just you just yeah. do it. Yeah, to be an outcast in society does you know have certain benefits, but at times you just need to fit in because, like Nick said, sometimes you might fear for your safety in the group if you don't <laughs> do that. So yeah, conform, conform, conform to society. Mm, that's very socialist of you. Yes. <laughs> I'm a Bernie bro. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Oh, yeah, I am just, I'm playing everybody. I am no. joking. Or am I? Stop taking yourself so seriously, Nick. This is a podcast. This is comedy. I don't like your attitude right now, sir. Well, with that tone of voice. Oh, I got to wash my head. <laughs> <laughs> I just put my head on the mic. It's like, mm-mm. Mm-mm, Corona. Corona. Coronavirus. <laughs> Two well, weeks in a row with that. <laughs> one of these days, we'll have an episode that's Corona-free. But until then, we're going to continue cutting lines. (laughs) But, Shaw, do you have anything for us that you want to ask? If you have one or two parting questions before we wrap this show up? Mm, Not really a parting question, though. I I would like to share a theory. Okay. um, That I think I developed this sometime in college because where I came from in Alabama, it was my school was. I don't know, maybe 90% white and, you know, maybe 8% black and then, you know, some other mix in there. So needless to say, when I got to Montgomery, I didn't have much ethnic knowledge, mm-hmm. I would say. But I had, uh, I observed um, 
large groups of African American people, in groups, and um, well, really, it's not. Maybe it's not even a theory. It's just a uh, observation. observation. Yeah, when um, large groups of black people get together, there th- there seems to be this mirth that arises. A what? Um, mirth, joy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Everyone has conversations with everyone, and mm-hmm. level gets to you know as high as it can possibly go, which I think is a good thing. Quite honestly, it kind of shows the the community within the community. Yeah, but I don't know. Is, would you guys agree that that is, that is a thing, or is it purely just an observation? It is a thing until alcohol gets involved and someone's getting shot. I just like to state for the record, y'all. Just observe that when black people get together, they get loud. loud. They get <laughs> loud. loud and have fun. Yeah. That's what he just said in a very politically correct way. Yes. I like it. And that's why he goes to clubs with black people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. It's the, like the noise, the noise gets this like cacophony and it's very difficult to pick out individual conversations. Normally. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, Nick don't know that word. <laughs> what, what, are you okay? are you sick? Is why are you coughing? Is, you I about? knew what you meant. <laughs> what, what are you doing? You okay? Nick's an award-winning journalist. Use a dictionary, Nicholas. I knew what coughing yeah. means. I know. I was just it's with you. A, a massive mixture. You know what that word say. means? Yeah, but I was just um, a joke. Okay, you were cacophony. You're a massive <laughs> mixture. What you call my mama? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I think it's a it's very interesting because large groups of white people tend to not do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's quieter conversations where you can listen in on you know individual conversations if you choose to do so. Yeah, especially if they're clad in white sheets and pointy hats. Sorry, <laughs> I've never I've never uh, been been to anything like that or witnessed it so I well I, 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 I couldn't make it through this episode without making one clans joke yeah it's like every time we have a white person on the show he has to make a clan joke no I make a clans joke almost every episode okay that's also true <laughs> thank you I'm scared of him still okay we don't even have white bed sheets at my house you're right to be afraid that's a joke we do have white bed sheets but anyway, thank you everyone for listening because I don't know how to recover from that because Nick's just in here staring at me and Shaw's like, look, I need to pour me another glass of wine. So yeah, thanks everyone for listening to True Comedy. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. Shaw, thanks for chilling and just being grilled and interrogated. Uh, maybe one day we'll return the favor and let you ask us questions that white people want to know the answers to. We may um, do that so we don't sound incredibly racist. But Nick, hit us with the show social media handles. Follow the show podcast underscore true on Twitter, True Comedy Podcast on Instagram, True Comedy Podcast on Facebook. The email is truecomedypod at gmail.com. Yes. And I'm Kirsten Cunningham. You can find me at Kham Cooks on Instagram, Kham Speaks on Twitter, and you can try to find me on Facebook. Yes, these ladies slide into his DMs. His DMs are wide. No, they open. are not. They are wide. My open. DMs are like Italy right now on lock. Listen, okay. listen, his DMs are wide open. Don't let him fool you, Nick. He, he called me the player king. That's him. Nick, he the player player. Nick, okay. He, I'm his, calling Shernice. His, Hold his, on. his DMs are wide open right now. Mm-mm. Okay, so you can follow me 
at the NJF on Instagram and Twitter. And I don't have any DMs because I'm ugly. <laughs> you might be ugly, but it's DM still open. <laughs> and if anybody wants to follow Shaw on social media, um, good luck. He's not going to follow you back. Now, now I might. Um, I, I, he, he's very single, ladies. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose so. <laughs> well, at the time of this recording, we never know. Like, um, Yeah. You know, you might get snatched up in a couple of weeks. Right. By a crackhead. <laughs> they got a hold to the wrong stuff and told to climb the tree and play a leprechaun. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Being in, Mar- being in Marshall County, I don't expect that I will find uh, anyone to date. But, yeah, if you guys want to follow me, it's just Shaw Cornelius in either Instagram or Facebook. It's a very interesting name, so most likely it's going to bring that in my face. Look for someone with a man bun. That's me. Yep, that's that. That is him. To be fair, Shaw, folks can find love in Coleman County. Love can be found anywhere. Love is an open door. Really? You just had to hit us with a frozen reference. Yeah, you can you can leave you can leave your own podcast now. Right, Nick. Shaw. Thank you for um, becoming my new co-host. It's it's great. We have lots of fun things to talk about. Nick has actually cut his mic off and is trying to leave the studio. Um. So good job, Shaw. Thanks. Thanks, pal. I can always count on you. Yes, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, but thank you all, and this has been True Comedy. Later.